Take your Bibles. It's been a couple of weeks, but we're in James chapter 1. As we're studying through the book of James, and today we're going to be dealing with verses 19 and 20. James chapter 1, verses 19 and 20, and it says, So then, my beloved, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Let's pause for a moment and go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we come to you and we just thank you for your goodness and for your mercy. We thank you for Jesus and I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be here this morning. And I just pray, God, that you bless us with your presence and, Father, that you teach us from your word. And, Father, just draw us closer together as brothers and sisters in Christ. And, Father, help us to know your love and to share that love with those that we come in contact with. We thank you for all of this, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The title of my message this morning is Tune In, Tone Down, and Sweeten Up. Tune In, Tone Down, and Sweeten Up. And as part of my introduction, I want to read verse 18. I just shared with you verses 19 and 20. But I also want to read verse 18. And it says, Of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth that we might be a kind of firstfruits of his creatures. What that's talking about is the new birth. What he's talking about, God brought us of his own will, he brought us forth by his word that we might be kind of firstfruits of his creatures. He's talking about the new birth. I could have titled this sermon, The Marks of a Man Made New. I also could have entitled it, How to Resolve Conflict. Because you see, the believer, those people that have been made new, those that have come into a relationship with God through his son Jesus Christ, we should respond to conflict differently than the non-believer. The new birth results in a new behavior. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17 says, If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, all things have become new. That means having Christ as Lord of your life changes, changes you. So I've mentioned before, and I'll probably mention again, and you may have heard other pastors uh, say this, if your religion hasn't changed you, you might ought to consider changing your religion. Amen? Because when Jesus Christ comes and takes up residence in our lives, he brings about a change. Uh, verse 18 deals with the new birth. Verses 19 and 20 deal with that new behavior that I've been speaking about this morning. I want to deal with three very 
pertinent aspects of that new behavior. It says there in verse 19 to be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. That's where I get my title. Slow to speak, or swift to hear, is tune in. Slow to speak is tone down. And slow to wrath is sweeten up. So let's look at those three aspects of our new behavior. We need to be swift to hear or to tune in. Tuning in to what God has to say to you. The Bible talks about people who have ears but don't hear. And what does it mean to be swift to hear? When he says, be swift to hear, what does he mean by that? Does he mean that we're supposed to hear everything? No, that's not what it means at all. As a matter of fact, Jesus says in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 4 and verse 21, uh, 24, he says, take heed or to be careful of what you hear. You see, folks, some things we ought not listen to. Amen? We ought not listen to gossip. We ought not listen to strange philosophies. We ought not listen to vulgar conversations. We ought not listen to every way out idea that somebody uh, brings up. James is saying, be swift to hear the impulses of the Spirit. Be swift to hear the truths, the Word of God. Now, let me say this to you this morning. God has something to say to you. Amen? Folks, listen to me. God has something to say to you this morning, and I hope that you will be listening uh, today. If not, it, it's not that God, you know, so many people are saying, well, I just don't hear God. Where, where is God in what all's going on in the world today? It's not that God doesn't have anything to say. I think it may more be mean that we are just not listening the way we need to be listening. I'm going to give you three ways that uh, God speaks to us this morning. God speaks to us through the Scriptures. God speaks to us through the Holy Bible. And I want to ask you today, do you know this book? Do you read this book? Do you study this book? Do you meditate on the things that are found in this book? If not, why not? Because it's God's Word to you. God speaks to us through His Word. <clears throat> now, a lot of people say, you know, Pastor, I just have a hard time. I try reading the Bible, and it's just hard for me to grasp what it's really saying. Let me give you five questions to ask that might help you in discerning what God is saying in the Word of God. As you study, if you read a verse or you read a chapter or, or any portion uh, of, of Scripture, there are five things you ought to ask it. And the first one is, 
Is there a lesson to learn? If you want to understand the Word of God a little bit better, as you read that verse, ask yourself this question. Is there a lesson for me to learn in that verse? The second thing, is there a blessing for me to enjoy? Is there a blessing for me to enjoy? The third thing is, is there a command in that verse that I need to obey? Is there a command that I need to obey? And then number four is, is there a sin mentioned there that I need to avoid? Is there a sin that I need to avoid? And number five, is there a lesson or is there a truth that I need to carry with me, that I need to remember, that I need to bring along wherever I go? God speaks through the Scriptures. Not only does He speak through the Scriptures, but He also, he also speaks through sermons. Did you know that? You know, sometimes when we're gathered together here, it's not just to be uh, here on Sunday morning. God has a message for you. God calls preachers. You know that passage of Scripture that says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God? Right on after that it says, but how shall they hear if they don't have a preacher? So God calls preachers. It's not a, uh, I'm not being vain or egotistical when I say that God called me to preach. I believe that God gave me certain abilities and insights. He's empowered me. He's equipped me to be able to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And because of that, God holds me accountable. In other words, when I stand up here to preach to you the word of God, it's not me just doing my job. It's not me doing just trying to say things that are going to make you happy or feel good, God has holds me accountable that as I stand behind this pulpit and share with you the Word of God, He holds me accountable to the fact that I've studied and that I've prayed and that I'm prepared and that I'm able to share with you not just words out of a book, but I share with you a message ordained by the Holy Spirit of God, see? You need to expect me to be prepared when I stand here to preach. But folks, listen to me. There are two sides to that coin. Not only should you hold me accountable, but I need to hold you accountable. I need to know that as I've prepared, that as I've prayed, that as I've studied, that as I put this thing together, I need to be uh, aware of the fact that you come prepared to hear a message from God. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. How often on Sunday mornings when you get up and you get ready for church and you put on your clothes and you brush your teeth and you eat your breakfast, how often do you say, Lord, please be with my pastor this morning and help me to understand and help me to hear and help me to carry 
with me the message that he's bringing from you to me today. I promise you, if you start doing that kind of things, that Sunday mornings will take on a different meaning in your life week by week. Come prepared. How many of you, when you walk into this uh, auditorium, are prepared to hear, expecting to hear a word from God today? You see what I'm saying? God speaks through the scriptures. God speaks through sermons. And God also speaks through his Holy Spirit. Sometimes him speaking through the Spirit is the most difficult uh, for us to discern. The Bible says in the book of Revelation, he that hath ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. There should be a time when you get alone by yourself and you take the Word of God. There should be a time when you get alone and you study and you say, Speak, Lord, for your servant uh, listens. There ought to be a time when you have a, a, a time and a place where you get alone with God and be still and let the Holy Spirit speak to your heart. Oh, God wants to do that for you. He wants to speak to your heart. And I believe with all my heart that the devil saves his most devastating artillery to stop you from doing that. You know what I've found over the years, and it's been, what, 45 years that I've been a pastor? One of the most difficult things that I've found that Christians struggle with more than anything else is having a consistent, effective, quiet time with the Lord. The devil will do anything that he can do. Listen to me, folks. The devil doesn't want you growing in your relationship with the Lord. The devil doesn't want this church to have the dynamic power of the Spirit of God moving through us and urging us and teaching us and leading us out into the community that we might have an impact in the area in which we live. And he will do anything that he can do to stop that from happening. I agree, somebody said earlier today that, man, we had a great Bible school. God did such, I mean, we really had, we had, I think it was 22 young children come forward. Now, I don't know if all of those were genuine or not, but the fact that we had 22 kids come forward that uh, Tuesday night saying, I want to ask Jesus Christ to come into my life as my Lord and Savior. We had folks here visiting, and, and, and everything was going great. The devil didn't like that for a minute. And so he threw this COVID thing right into the midst of it to try to blow it apart. But we've got to be faithful. We've got to be faithful. We need to continue to do what we do in reaching out and we've got to contact those 22, fam those 22 kids and we need to speak with their families and we need to let them know that what they did that Tuesday night has nothing to do with COVID and COVID can't stop 
what God did in their hearts that night. Amen? We need to go on. We need to get past this stuff. We need to be what God wants us to be. And it takes the moving of the Holy Spirit to do that. God speaks to us through His Spirit. So be swift to hear. Tune in to what God has to say. The second thing, be slow to speak. In other words, tone down. Now I'm going to say something here. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. But let me just tell you the plain truth. Sometimes you talk too much. Amen? Where's Perry? Is Perry in here? Oh, there he is. <laughs> I'm teasing you, Perry. Sometimes we talk too much and we need to be quiet and listen to what God has to say. Many things are opened by mistake, but none so frequently as the mouth. Amen? What James is saying is don't talk too much. Let me give you some scriptures. You want to write these down. Proverbs 10.19. Proverbs 10.19. In the multitude of words, sin is not lacking. But he who restrains his lips is wise. In other words, what he's saying, he's saying the more you talk, the greater the probability is that you're going to get into some kind of sin. He says, keep your mouth shut. Proverbs 21, 23. Whoever guards his mouth and tongue keeps his soul from troubles. You want to stay out of trouble? Put a guard on your mouth and your tongue. Ecclesiastes 5, 3. A fool's voice is known... By his phone going off. No, 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 no. A fool's voice is known by its many words. You've heard of silver-tongued orators. I want to say speech may be silver, but silence is golden. Amen? We need to, we need to tone down sometimes. Now, Jesus warned us against idle words. As a matter of fact, Jesus says in Matthew chapter 12, verse 36, man will have to give an account for every idle word in the day of judgment. Now that frightens some people. That frightens some people because they think that, oh, if he's going to judge us for every idle word, that we need to be very serious all the time. I know these people. I knew. Do you know some people that they're serious about everything they say? I mean, they're always. I mean, they, they look down on people who joke around and have fun. Later on in the book of James, matter of fact, in chapter 2, James says, faith without works is dead. The funny thing about that word, dead, it's the same word that is used over when Jesus said, watch, you're going to be uh, judged for every idle word. The word for idle is the same word 
or dead. And it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that uh, you can't speak it. What it's talking about, it's talking about non-productive, non-edifying, hurtful words rather than uh, helpful words. He's not talking about humor. He's not even talking about joking around. Boy, there's nobody that I know that enjoys joking around more than I do. I love to tell jokes. I, I wish I knew more jokes than I do because I, I'd, tell, I'd tell a lot more of them if I knew them. But the, the, the banter that Phil and I have back and forth, or I had I, what I said about Stephen, that was a joke, Stephen. That was, that, that, that. But say, there's nothing wrong with that kind of stuff. That's not what he's talking about here. He's talking about things that just aren't productive, that aren't... Listen, idle words are not, is not talking about good words taking, taken in jest. It's talking about foolish words spoken seriously. And, and folks, listen, there is a big difference between that. And what he's saying is, is that we need to be, we need to be careful about those kinds of things. Christians need to learn the prayer of the psalmist in Psalms 141, verse 3, when he says, Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth and keep watch over my lips. What he's saying is we need to be careful about when it's talking about idle words and, and that kind of thing. He, he's telling us, don't say things that are hurtful. Don't think, I mean, you can, you can, you can, destroy people. You can start arguments. You can start uh, difficulties with the spoken word. And what he's saying is be careful about what you say. It's not saying that you can't tell a joke. It doesn't say that you can't be funny. It doesn't say that you can't have humor. That's not what he's talking about. He's saying be careful by not making things worse just be just by uh, letting your mouth run when it shouldn't be. There are times when both Deanne and I have talked with Caitlin and Caitlin and I forgive me for using you as an example. But have you ever said to your to your child, that mouth is going to get you in trouble someday? Have you ever said that? that? I mean, it seems like they always have something to say. You say something to them and they come back with something and you say, that mouth is going to get you in trouble someday. I, 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 I've done that a few times to her. Be careful. You don't always have to say what you think. Amen? Don't. That's what is. Tone it down. If you know that's going to be, oh, that's that that uh, I shouldn't say that. Then don't say it. The third thing: tune in, tone down, and sweeten up. Be slow to wrath. Be slow to wrath. Sweetening up really is a result of tuning in and toning down, because when you when you start listening more and speaking less, 
you find yourself controlling your temperament a little bit better than when you just don't listen and mouth off and all that kind of stuff. There's a connection between your thoughts and your tongue and your temper. It's important to understand the Bible doesn't say never be angry. What the Bible says is be angry and sin not. Jesus got angry, but the Bible said that he did it without sin. I want to read you a passage that's found in the Gospel of Mark. I'd have it on I'd have it on the screen, but we don't have that this morning. But in chapter 3 of Mark, uh, let me just read this to you. And it says, this is the story. You remember, you remember the story of the man with the withered hand? And uh, he asked Jesus to, uh, to heal his hand. Well, really, the, the Pharisees brought it. The Pharisees had been... Uh, trying to trap Jesus for doing work on the Sabbath because you're not supposed to do work on the Sabbath. And, and, and they brought this man to the temple on the Sabbath with a withered hand and to see if Jesus would heal it because you're not supposed... That was considered work. And, uh, and so they were trying to trap him. And the Bible says in, in verse 5... Well, let me pick it up in verse 4. Then he said to them, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil, to save life or not to kill or to kill? But they kept silent. And when he had looked around at them with anger, see, Jesus got angry. When they looked around at him with anger, being grieved by the hardness of their hearts, he said to the man, stretch out your hand, and he stretched it out, and his hand was restored as whole as the other. See, when Jesus got angry, he didn't get angry about himself. He got angry when people were uh, mistreating others. What made Jesus angry was uh, hard hearts in the face of human hurts. He got angry about people not caring about the needs of others. Now, you have to be careful because there's a fine line between righteous indignation and personal irritation. We're good about uh, what we call righteous indignation. We think if somebody hurts us or if somebody hurts our feelings or if somebody speaks against us, it's all right for us to speak against them. Well, that's not what God does at all. As a matter of fact, when Jesus, when they were crucifying Jesus, if there was anybody that had the right to have righteous indignation, it was the Lord Jesus Christ when they were nailing him to the cross. But what did he do? How did he respond? He responded, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. See, Jesus reserved his indignation or his anger for the done and not the doer. See, he didn't get angry at the person. 
He got angry at what they were doing. Jesus got angry for the right reasons. Not when he was offended. He never did. He always got angry. He never got angry on his own behalf. He was only angry when others were mistreated. Jesus never confused the object of his anger. He didn't get angry with people. He got angry with concepts and teachings and ideologies. He got angry at the wrong done, and he offered grace to the ones that were doing it. Jesus' anger was always constructive, never destructive. Jesus' anger prompted him to provide solutions, not make the problem bigger. In James chapter 1 and verse 20, it says the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. You should never raise your voice in anger without also raising your hands to help. Folks, it doesn't take great size to criticize. It takes, a, it takes a great heart to be slow to wrath, to sweeten up the uh, thing that I want to share with you this morning. The key to the whole message today are those three phrases. Be swift to hear. Hear the Word of God, the truths of God, the blessings from God. Be swift to hear. Be slow to speak. Make sure your mind is in gear before uh, your mind. How's it go? I don't remember. Make sure your mind is in gear before your tongue is in motion or something like that. I don't remember. Be slow to speak. Think what you're going to say before you do it. And make sure that it's helpful and not hurtful. Don't add to the problem. Help correct the problem. My wife was looking at me and she's thinking, you remember that young man. And be slow to wrath. Be slow to wrath. You know, it amazes me sometimes how some people are almost proud of their temper. Have you ever, have you ever known? Oh, well, it's my red hair. Any redheads in here? Uh, it's my, oh, <laughs> right there. It's, it's, or, or, oh, that's my Irish blood. You know, I'm Irish. That's, that's, that's where I get that. Or I get that from my father. I'm just like my father. Yeah, your father's the devil. Folks, listen to me. We're not going to get past that until we treat it for what it is. And it's a sin. It's a sin to be confessed. And it's a sin to be, uh, to repent of. And uh, so, tune in. Tone down and sweeten up and God will honor that 
in your life, in the life of your family, and in the life of this church. Amen? Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for today. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness toward us. I pray, God, that you take these words and you teach us from it. Help us to be more and more like you. Help us to know that uh, not just the new birth, but the new behavior. Help us to become, God, what you call us to be. We thank you for all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.